My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. And I'm Sky. And today we ventured into the world and the space that is the Netflix film Space Sweepers. Uh, we watched it, literally we're recording this the day it came out. We all watched it. We planned this ahead of time. We were like, it's coming out the fifth. We're going to watch it that morning. We're going to record that evening. Perfect. We're going to get this hot off the presses. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, there will probably be some spoilers. If you don't want any, pause, go watch the movie, <laughs> then come back and watch it and listen to this. So Space Sleepers is a movie that came out literally today on netflix about a spaceship of um ragtag people they clean up space debris to turn in for money from a big corporation that runs a utopia in space since earth is you know climate change and, and yeah but only you know rich people get there they're all in debt it's know. like wally but with people like it's not good so as space sweepers they do not earn a lot of money for the very dangerous crud they do no and Um, it also should be noted that they're actually like they're in space but they're kind of not they're like literally just outside of earth Earth. like they're not like farther out because earth is not around and they're trying to inhabit mars There's one of those cool, like, space elevator deals that can take you back down to the Earth's surface and back up to the the recycling station. So there's, like, one, like, space city that's real nice that this corporation runs. And the corporation's like, we're about to, we got Mars all ready to go. Time to, all the rich people move to Mars. And uh, everyone who's not rich can suck it. Um... (laughs) Yeah. And they've created essentially their own society that is outside of the bounds of like any sort of earth jurisdiction. So all of these space sweepers, though they work for the company and the company pays them, they're not considered citizens of this company's society. Yeah. 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 So they're, you know, treated like shite. There's a really nice scene at the very, very beginning where like, you see a, a tiny little sprout of life growing up through the cracks of the pavement on Earth and like a, a truck just, like <laughs> just destroys it. And that's kind of, yeah, like that the corporations kind of says that they're going to, we're still going to try Earth. We're going to try. We just, you know, all of our magical technology only works on Mars. It doesn't yeah, work sorry. on Earth. Sorry. You can't get it to work on Earth. Oh, wow. Our nanobots are Mars specific for some reason. <laughs> mm. um, so meanwhile, they uh, are doing a salvage of some space junk and they find a little girl uh, just chilling just in the ship by herself. And uh, then a news report comes on that's like, this little girl is an evil android with a hydrogen bomb within her that could explode at any moment. And they're like, oh shit. So then, <laughs> and then after that, they're like, but wait, 
money worth a lot of money (laughs) to the right people i feel like telling any more of the plot at this point would be sort of yeah going into spoilery territories in general i would say if you're if you're still not totally you know if you haven't watched it yet and you haven't paused us to go watch it yet if you're into space stuff if you like firefly if you enjoy serenity if you enjoy that kind of a Mm. vibe you'll probably take this so now pause and go watch it (laughs) go watch it it's only a couple hours come back um so it stars song joon ki uh kim tae who oh Oh, i love her awesome she was so um so jin seong q uh and the voice of Yu Hei Jin, who's like, I, I hadn't looked up the cast before I watched it because like I like sort of, you know, being pleasantly surprised. And I was like sitting there going, I know this voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then it also has uh, Parkye Rin, who is the cutest little bean playing the girl. She's such a bean. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as I literally found out like two minutes before this while watching the whole movie with my brain being like, you know this dude, you know this dude. It has Richard Armitage as like the CEO of the company. And my brain was like, but like he really, like he, a very different looking Richard Armitage that (laughs) I am used to, but like close enough that my brain was like, this dude, right? And like, who is he? And he starts talking and you're like, wow, he's like, actually English and a good actor. This is unheard of for a Korean, like, usually not. Well, and, that. and right out, like, right out of the gate, there's also a journalist character. Oh, he's, yeah, and immediately it's like, oh, I've seen him in a bazillion yeah. dramas. He's like, he's literally, literally, he's like, he's like the white guy who lives he's in Korea guy. and yeah. is like in everything. I but think he was like, the friend in, in like 12 Nights or something. I think he was very yeah. so. yeah. yeah. he's, he, he's actually like a decent, he's, he's a he's decent in a actor. lot of stuff. Yeah, he's in, he's in a lot of stuff. Like he was in The Spies Who Loved Me, Backstreet Rookie, Hyena, Dr. John, Absolute Boyfriend. <laughs> Just uh, everything. Welcome to White Kiki too possess like he's in he's in every he's in where stars land 30 he's literally in everything like if there's like a need for a white dude in a korean show they go for joey albright well there's there's him and then there's like the guy that has a beard that's kind of he can do like yeah, yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. guy yeah the one who looks yeah. like he's also like in this though person. isn't he because i'm just looking at the list and there's a white dude with a beard who's like board member number six or something. No, that's, like a, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. But uh, yeah, yeah. But he he shows up in a lot of uh, Asian stuff as well. Like he no, a, John a D. Woman. Michaels. Yeah, yeah. Don't like click him. Yeah, yeah. He's in everything. He's the bad guy yeah. in everything. He's in it. mercenary <laughs> team leader, CIA official. They, like, yeah. they really, they really like mind the white living in Korean dude for the movie. Well, the movie was, they, was incredibly international yeah that's yeah. like they had to they're like for the first probably 10 minutes solid 10 minutes of this mm-hmm. movie there's no korean in it no <laughs> it, it's yeah. like actually surprising how like much english is in this like movie I, 
saw it and other languages watching too. a dub like you know because you know how netflix has yeah. been doing that where they mm-hmm. like they'll start you on the english dub and you're like no 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 no, i i, I want the subs right so i, I actually, had to go and check like wait mm-hmm. did i accidentally start up a dub but no it's just there's lots of English and, and other languages going and I on actually, here. I, I need to call out Netflix a little bit for this because this is not the first time this has happened with me watching a show in another language that has English in it. If I choose English subtitles, I want everything subtitled, including well, okay. the English. Um, I want the I didn't check it, and the subs. but mm-hmm. I know for a fact Netflix does both. They have a separate closed captioning okay. one mm-hmm. um, because... The closed captioning, but I don't know if they have it on this yeah. movie, but I've seen it on like multiple other things mm-hmm. because their closed caption one has like everything in it. So it's yeah. like the doors closing and that sort of thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they separated to like just regular. Yeah. I, cause like I, you know, I, I have subtitles on for everything I yeah. watch because, you know, yeah. If I'm eating something crunchy, I don't want to <laughs> miss. You know, that, and it was also Game Boys didn't have any of the English subtitles and I was getting a little annoyed about Yeah, like, especially in this movie, um, because they did have a lot of characters who were speaking English, but they had really thick accents. Yeah. And it was clearly, they were all from different countries. It wasn't yeah. even like a, you know, the standard K-drama throws in someone <laughs> who doesn't actually know English and, you know. Yeah, no, it's it was, a, supposed, supposed to be. To be. Um, yeah. And if they had thick accents, they actually subtitled them, even if they were mm-hmm. speaking English. So do, that is a little weird. It was neat. The one scene close to the beginning with these like four or five different ships all, and they're all talking to each other, but they're all like speaking, their own speaking Russian, speaking English, speaking Chinese, speaking mm-hmm. French, you know, whatever. And it's just like Spanish. They're all just speaking, but they all have translators. So they're not like. They're all communicating. Yeah. But everyone's speaking. Their, I actually thought that was really I cool. love that. I yeah, thought that was Usually they'll cool. just like put everything in one language and with like an accent. Like it's like when you're watching World War II movies and all the Germans speak English, but with German accents and you're like. Yeah, it reminded me of a wandering earth a little bit in that Mm -hmm. way because they would have the different ships that were from different countries and stuff yeah but sort of that international it it felt one level more to me just because the scene that it was introduced in since everyone was talking at the same time and angry (laughs) it's all happening very quickly yeah i also during that scene it was a fun scene but i had no idea what was going on action wise like i was trying to follow there was a lot going on follow the action that was happening in space i kind of know that they're dragging something around but who's doing what like i was so lost for a little bit but that was really the only time i got lost during the movie but I was kind of lost. But I feel like that was almost like a visual trick to show how like chaotic and dangerous this actual activity that they're doing is to mm-hmm. sort of like, and then when you find out like that they only get paid like 500 bucks for it and you're like, really? like For like a the- whole freaking ship. Like they bring yeah. a whole ship in for salvage and they get 500 bucks. So I felt like it was like a, like a, I don't know, maybe I'm looking too, I'm looking into this too deeply from my communications days where it was like everything has a meaning in film but sometimes things are just fun and look cool so i mean i did watch they have a little like behind the scenes thing um on netflix like the youtube channel it's a little bit behind the scenes featurette it's only like five minutes long and 
it's it's kind of not the best because like it'll be like a question and then when they answer it they don't actually answer it I don't know it's really it's kind of weird in that respect but they kind of do hint towards it they wanting it to be well at least I interpreted it as they wanted it to be set in the future but actually have this kind of realness like Mm. just because it's just like it just happens to be in the future type deal Mm -hmm. so I think they were trying to go like in the route of everyday work workers Mm -hmm. type vibe and not just be so like crazy and fantastical just because it is yeah and I guess it it probably because it's not like so far ahead in time it I sort of they... reminded me of like the movie Alien, how there mm. was like, you know, that sort of feeling of like, yes, this is the future, but these are like space plumbers. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like trade work. Average people yeah. would yeah. be doing in the future. Uh, like things are grimy. Like it's not. Yeah, they didn't nice, want like aliens like... or like, you know, we are like, yeah. I mean, like yeah. inherently there are the, the robots and stuff, which are a little bit yeah. like off because they're very human, but like. They didn't want like you know supernatural sci-fi. Yeah, uh, I thought that that was actually really interesting because so many sci-fi books and movies and stuff they do draw on a lot of spiritual things or mm-hmm. mystical things, which mm-hmm. is fun and stuff. But to have when when you see a movie or a show that kind of lacks that, kind of like like Wandering Earth didn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. And then this didn't really have much of that either, which was no. nice. Yeah. Like it's kind yeah. of nice to see that difference of because you, you can sometimes explain you can sometimes yeah. explain a lot of plot away by being like oh it was just the force whatever you know like, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's interesting about this is they do have their own device for that but they actually ground the device in science so it's it's like anything like mystically in quotation marks that happens it's like it was nanobots all the nanobots nanobots everywhere nanobots everywhere and they do stops like nanobots are wild man but but it was was nice because it's not like we talked about nanobots the entire time no it just it was just like but they did a very nice like Chekhov's gun where it's like oh do you hear about those nanobots that like can't be destroyed like and then it's like you're like ah okay these nanobots are now (laughs) going to come back later (laughs) on in the story and they did and i mean even like the bad guy doesn't feel that far off. The like Elon Bezos character is very um Elon Bezosy. Yeah. Very <laughs> Elon Bezosy. Like yeah. just that whole, I mean, yeah. as soon as it's like on we have to like, we have to move to Mars. We have to use all this technology to terraform Mars and move there. Sorry, Earth bye. And you're like, hang on, <laughs> have all that money and technology. What if just just stick with me for I a second? Feel, what I if you used that. it on Earth? Like, I feel just, like it would be cheaper to just <laughs> do it on Earth. I just, just call me crazy. And then, <laughs> what I love is that the central message that I, oh, while I was watching it, maybe this is just the communist in me, was screw communism, like screw capitalism. Capitalism is the worst. <laughs> it's just like they all had to defeat capitalism together. <laughs> I mean, money, the root of all evil. Yeah. What I found interesting too is that so if, if you're watching a show like like Firefly, for example, with the main character, you find out in the first episode his backstory. 
okay? Or like if you're watching a movie, you find out the, the backstory right then, but they waited till like the third act to really be like, oh, by the way, here's some backstory of all of these people. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hinted at it. I thought that was an interesting choice that actually worked really well for this. When you're sort of like halfway through the movie and they start telling like, his tragic backstory it was like oh I don't really want to watch this right now it makes me sad <laughs> and you're, like, you're like where's where's all the shoot em ups the action <laughs> please <laughs> I guess it was I like mean, the only thing I found was weird about it was that the his backstory was set up that it should have been that he had more of an affection to the robot girl and he really didn't like the one who actually had the affection was the uh, tiger guy yeah. like actually, so that was I, a, a weird thing because it was no, like I it was actually, obviously like set up but they didn't do it how they should have done it to the point i, I feel like it. i sort of understand the logic behind it so his daughter adopted daughter dies tragically and he can't he couldn't stop it and then he can't even get her body back to like you know, bury her because she's floating in space somewhere. He doesn't have the money for a salvage. So if this other girl that arrives that then reminds him of his daughter, but he doesn't want to invest the emotion in another child because he's, but that's what, that's what I felt they were going with it. That, see, no, that's, they did that. So yeah. you, you have that, he already sees the child. He has that disassociation, which makes sense mm-hmm. once yeah. you find out, but there's never actually a, it was it, it was a little it was almost very slightly just a little bit forced to be like towards the end where it was like found family like family mm-hmm. you're like out of everyone the person who had the turn like the tiger guy loved her pretty much immediately so did yeah. the robot the turn was actually in the girl yeah but mm-hmm. not him but it didn't make sense to line it up with the his mm. daughter story which is what they did yeah right yeah, i think it's might have felt a little more um I don't know it might have worked a little bit better if they had given us that tragic backstory a little earlier mm-hmm. so that it didn't feel weird like you yeah. were just kind of like yeah because it, why are you so like you, anti this kid like weird yeah because like, like before you before you knew like I thought that maybe it was like because you knew that he was looking for a seven-year-old girl like that's that was yeah. the first scene of the mm-hmm. movie. I thought it was like his sister or something, maybe. Like you know, um, but then that wouldn't even make sense as to why he just didn't give a shit about this kid, right? But I don't know. I I understood it, but like yeah, I agree. It was a little. little yeah, I rushed. guess it like maybe it ha- it just has to be the placement too. I just it also gave you so much like background into like who he was as a person, mm-hmm. but like you didn't really get any of that in the beginning, so it was like. It would have been fun to have known a lot of that in the very beginning mm-hmm. too in his actions definitely him like kind of being an ex-police officer or whatever you want to call those mm-hmm. space guard and people like the amount if of people if they could have yeah, yeah like that was even if you didn't tell that along with the adopted Maybe daughter thing like give him a little bit more ptsd my dudes like you know yeah, i just like, like it's a t- in a as a like a it a thing that you knew while you were watching that those scenes mm-hmm. i think it would have been like a little it would have made like the scenes would have made more sense mm-hmm. um i also kind of wish that we'd gotten um uh, the captain's 
backstory a little earlier. More of the captain's backstory. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a movie I'd want to watch. Just her (laughs) her whole business of like being an engineering vigilante. Like that's pretty cool. Uh, and just when you know you got Richard Armitage being like she was the only person to ever get close enough to point a gun and you're like oh (laughs) like I want her to do it again (laughs) (laughs) that would have been uh very very uh satisfying is the word I am looking for here I think the the world building that they did was really good like there's a lot more story story than Mm. what we got so like you could see them making the movie about the captain Mm. her pre prequel story you could see there being more stories spin-off stories stories that take place in this universe that Mm. maybe don't even have this cast you know like they they did some really solid world building for this which is nice Mm. I liked the way they did it too, and I, I know I keep bringing up Wandering Earth, but it's because it's kind of similar. In... No, they're they're really yeah. actually pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very like, similar in theme, and yeah. even the way they did the world building, just like Wandering Earth, they do it as the story is moving along. Most of it, yeah, mm-hmm. they did have like a couple of title card things that explain like what year it was or whatever, mm-hmm. but as far as the mechanics of things, it was like yeah. as we're going, it was. Like, and that's the and they way showed to it to us building. right like because then when if they just tell you you know show not tell right if they just tell you then it's just like oh i guess this is what i have to just keep in my mind the whole time but when when they when you're just shown how the world functions then it feels more real and you can suspend mm-hmm. your disbelief a lot better and i thought the movie was very excellent at that what they did the best was they didn't try to tell everything like they didn't try because they had this whole world to explore they did they were like it's not point it's like pointless to talk about it so i'm not going to which doesn't happen a lot in sci-fi movies right which is like it i i see the like want of it and i could see how someone could enjoy that in your film and like have the full world building and stuff but like this is kind of more like zeroed in on this is the story we're talking about. The, you get enough so you know that like how things work, hmm. but we don't feel the need to explain everything. And I guess that kind of stems back from how grounded it is in very much like, it just feels like that's what the earth would be at that time, mm-hmm. like conceivably yeah. from where we are like in the world right now. And even like even humans relationships with droids at that point, they never like go and explain that. Or anything yeah. it just it is what it is and you move yeah on. like you just accept it as the story's going on like, and it's i mean they don't go into a big deal like the main robot that you hang out with looks like a robot doesn't have like humanoid features at all really but then when they're talking about this like this child android that has a hydrogen bob or whatever in it like there's nothing about that that surprises people so you immediately know, okay, that's a normal thing. Androids that look human yeah. is a so normal thing right now. So robots can look human. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then like, and then later on, they reinforce that notion with the, the robot character talking about how they want to get skin. Human skin, <laughs> essentially. Um, so it's like, so they'll, they'll give you like a setup 
and a delivery. Like they'll set up and they'll reinforce what they've set up. So, you know, that's, but it, it not, usually not over the top. Very, it usually yeah. didn't feel very heavy handed. Like No, no, yeah. no. It was just like very subtle that like it just sort of reinforced the world pieces of the puzzle that this world was. Though, I mean, there were some times it would, it would be kind of obvious. Like right oh. now we're talking about this super seed or whatever it was called. Yeah. It's like, well, that'll come back later. In these sorts of movies, you sort of expect like, <laughs> okay, they're got to give you like the, you know, the red yeah. hair that is coming they gotta give you the MacGuffin that you're going for like you know like when the uh, when that the reporter close to the beginning starts asking these uncomfortable questions and stuff and and the guy's like oh no invite him back for a conversation I was like oh that guy's gonna die like you know (laughs) you're like well that conversation is not gonna go well I'm certain of that (laughs) one thing that I mean I was curious about, but I was totally fine that the story never went there. Uh, mm-hmm. The CEO character. There was a lot to him that mm-hmm. we have no idea really what he was. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously he had been living for a long time. Yeah, they said he was 150 some years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he looked about 45. Nanobots. Yes. we assume there was something going on with him because every time he got like angry suddenly he had like weird veiny (laughs) tendril things happening to his face you were like and then they'd go away and demon voice and then he'd have demon voice which was was i know and then like i thought maybe he was good at like that he had to like feed on human flesh or something but like (laughs) that never happened they never went there so i like i was like it just went away Maybe he was the evil android all along. <laughs> <laughs> the acting in this was was pretty good. Even yeah. even the random white people <laughs> were good at this. Yeah. And there were a lot of random white people and a lot of random non-Korean people, which normally if you're watching something like Korean drama or and a lot of Korean movies, yikes. <laughs> yikes, but no no, it was this was this they were was pretty good. okay. And they were yeah. just like, you know people that you just kind of saw once they were actually part of the people who helped the big fight scenes like they were the actual like Mm -hmm. part of the reason Mm -hmm. it concluded and they were able to keep this girl safe like essentially and and i think that's what sort of makes it diverge from let's say the wandering earth because in the wandering earth it was a chinese movie that was very chinese centric with like you know China and then everyone else help in China but in this one it was very international and it was like this is just the story of these Korean people but they're set in the larger scale of a very multicultural post-globalist society and the movie reinforced that very well so it wasn't like Korea is the best we're so you know it was just like together we succeed and Korea is but a part of a whole of this society that exists. And I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, I agree. I think they were also just trying to uh, not focus in on there's the rich people and the non-rich people mm-hmm. and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like they're not, they're like, essentially if you were gonna call them anything, it would be whatever that group 
you know, that places outside of the atmosphere, that place would be like the place. And so they're all, Mm -hmm. they just all live there. It didn't always go where I thought it was going to go. Like there was a certain point in the movie where I was like, oh, we're doing Korean fatalism. Like basically everybody is going to die in the end and we're going to have the bad ending. And then it took a turn and then it took a turn back and it, it like, it kept me guessing. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, I, I like that in a movie where I don't 100% know from like the first 15 minutes, oh, okay, and this is where we're going with this. Like, it's nice to be surprised. And can we talk about that little girl actress? Because she was so cute. Oh my God. One, she was an incredible actress. She was killing it. But she was the cutest little thing I have ever seen in my life. I just wanted to pinch your little cheeks. The other little girl was super cute too. Yeah. Well, yeah. The yeah. Little girls were so cute. <laughs> they were really oh. cute. And she's so cute. Like they're at the point where uh where she's telling them their name and they're like, wait, I thought your name was Dorothy. And she's like, this is my Korean name. <laughs> like, 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 come on. Oh, okay. When they're trying to wash your hair and like he puts the water and she's like, hey, it's too cold. And he's like, oh, <laughs> this like big tattooed gruff like gangster is like, oh, my apologies. <laughs> well, like, it's just so cute. I loved the arguing about dinosaurs scene. Yeah, yeah. She, she oh, drew it, so drew a, I don't remember what type, anyway. Like a brontosaurus or something. Yeah, a brontosaurus. Like- and then he's like, no you know like pretty much t-rex like this is what a dinosaur looks like she's like no and she scrolled this is it's just so cute a dinosaur (laughs) and he's like oh you're right (laughs) he He was was so cute with her i kind of appreciated how the female captain character Mm. it's not like she was immediately the mom you know no no very much not yeah she always stepped in when she was like you two you people are too stupid to do this like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she also wasn't that like that super stereotypical like hard ass boss lady like she was but she was also human like she didn't just fall into the tropes like I but think I enjoyed- that was nice like all the characters felt fully fleshed out like but characters what I enjoyed is that in the beginning scenes, like where you first meet the space, like all of them as a crew and all the other ones are like, oh, thank God they're not coming out today. Like she's crazy. She's a, <laughs> like, she's the worst. Like they do the craziest shit. Like, but we heard one of them had to go to earth. So I guess like they won't be here. And then it's like spaceship victory coming in. And everyone's like, no, <laughs> why? terrified of this woman with her fearless attitude and her robot eyes and she's just like (laughs) (laughs) coming in giving them the flipping the bird and just being like this shit's ours but when when they were like the other crews were like we should share and then you see how much money they get for it i'm like heck no like why would you share that you can't share that that didn't even pay for gas like come on (laughs) just just the scene where he goes to pick up the money and like they count out the money and then the guy's like but since you broke that antenna that's like three times as much as you would have gotten paid and takes the money back and some Juki's character's like why would you even show me the money <laughs> why would you do this to me one of the aspects I kind of dug with the 
with the robot character is that, I mean, it's just a very generic robot character with this man's voice doing the voiceover and stuff. And then there's this one scene and the little girl calls the robot Uni. And you're like, what? And the robot starts blushing and is like, like excited because she sees who the robot is. And you find that the robot, that's what the robot, the robot thinks of himself as a girl, but they have this like deep man voice. And I like later when the robot gets, it, it was kind of an interesting story in a sense of like mm. kind of a transgender character. Like they got to put on the face that felt like themselves, but mm. then they were still stuck with this like man voice and they were like trying to get a new more girly voice and the kid was like no I like your voice your voice is you like that's that's who you are it's your voice it goes with your body because because you're you. Who you are and I was like that was nice like that was somewhat unexpected and I I appreciated that so it yep. was I I don't know I mean not being a transgender person myself I can't speak to how a transgender person would feel about the fact that that character was a robot I thought it was handled well and that every aspect point, of like, that was dealt very nicely and didn't feel weird it wasn't played for jokes like yeah or anything so and, and it's like and the, the 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 movie was very much set in sort of a post humanistic sort of situation like you know how it clearly stated like androids existed and like you know you know she has the the captain has the robot eyes and like, you know, so you can tell that there's like this sort of like blending of machine and man. That's, that's sort of like a, that's always been a really fun uh, sci-fi concept for me. Actually, that's what, that's what my master's thesis was on. So I always like seeing that. I'm always like, oh, interesting. Okay. Also the, the interesting note on this, the director uh, who was also the person who wrote it, uh, was the director of a werewolf boy, which is why Song Joon Ki agreed to be in it. And the movie wasn't originally meant for Netflix. No, it was it was no. filmed this in 2019. A, this is sadly a a COVID pushed. And like yeah. the first five minutes of this movie, I was like, "Damn, I wish I was in a theater right now." Like, yeah, would it would be, be really good. On a big yeah, screen. that was kind of one of the things that I I noticed. They didn't. Um, I guess they didn't maybe they didn't have a time a diff like enough time or whatever but they definitely didn't um correct audio for the small screen mm -hmm. um so when you watch the movie it's like you're watching a dubbed thing because the audio yeah. doesn't match up for the for uh like your computer speakers to be pushing mm -hmm. out the like audio as opposed to like a theater surround so, sound. yeah surround sounds yeah. i mean it's not yeah, like so it was, they had an, like any other option really you know yeah. right so it was supposed to be released in summer 2020 in theaters no that didn't happen <laughs> so then they were like okay we'll put it out on chusuk in october it still didn't happen so then, then i think netflix was like we'll buy it <laughs> so they were like, okay. <laughs> someone but, buy yeah. this movie I would watch this movie again and I had to watch it on my little TV because we're doing renovations in our living room so our big TV is like down in a corner somewhere right now I'm gonna put it up on the big screen my big quotation marks you know whatever mm -hmm. screen and like watch it again so that I can have the bigger 
I started on my phone and I was like, nah, I need a screen for this. I also, I, 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 mean, I, also I also started on my phone and I made it like probably 10 minutes in and I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why am I watching this on my phone? Like, I mean, <laughs> I would never have had a chance to watch this in the theater anyway, because my like podunk town is not going to bring in a Korean movie. It doesn't matter how like exciting and blockbustery and you know, it is, they're just not going to do it. But like, if I had an opportunity post, mm. I would go watch this again and watch it on a big screen like it deserves because mm. it's definitely a big screen kind of film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think Montreal would have definitely had it playing at at least one theater somewhere because that's how Montreal be. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would have gone to see this in theaters, but yeah. I don't, I don't leave my house because I have no immune system. So yeah, not now. Well, it doesn't matter. Now. If you had a great immune system, don't go out. I still I still wouldn't be leaving my house because I'm yeah. I got you know, I'm I'm rubbing my two brain cells together and going, <laughs> I don't want to kill any grandmas today, you know? <laughs> oh, I will say, um, you find this out in that like little behind the scenes featurette. Mm -hmm. Um, the actor for the robot was on set. It's it was him acting out everything. And then they CGI'd oh, all that stuff onto oh, him. Because cool. like he's a, so, he's a like when I saw who it was, I was like, oh that guy. Like, yeah, because they he's were like a pretty about, big like, name actor. Yeah, how they had to like focus on things, but it was like really great that he was able to be in there because when he hmm. would do some of the stunts, um, because they just had him in you know the the pinpoint Capture rig. Suit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it, when he was able to do some of the stuff, like when he was, you know, on the side of the ship and he was like all crazy, like since he was there doing it on set and it was his body, they were, it was really a, like they were able to do it and layer on the CGI easily. And it, it like became better. And I would assume it probably really benefited most for the the character that was with him the most, the little girl, like mm. she probably, yeah. I would assume like a kid that age, it would have been yeah. hard to do to, and like- To act to nothing. Yeah. yeah, and to act to him. And like the suits, like, especially now are not like, it's basically like gloves and a stuff onesie. with white dots yes. on it. So it's not even like weird to be conversing mm -hmm. with him. Like yeah. it'd just be like, he's just not dressed up in- you know, and then you wouldn't and gear like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he wouldn't have to have like the face capture because it was a different face, so it would just be like just his regular. Yeah. Like, like I'm just thinking of that scene where the two of them are talking and the robot is doing the kids' makeup, like yeah. just playing and stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, like there's no way that scene wasn't done with a person sitting there because the kid yeah. that the kid's eyes always in the right place, and the you know, like you just. To be honest, it's hard I wouldn't be for surprised. an adult to do that, yeah. but like a kid doing that would be. And and the, the makeup was the makeup was pretty garish, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was actually the actor <laughs> who did the like, makeup. You just do it. <laughs> yeah, man. To be like, it doesn't have to be good. It has to be your palette. Have fun. Ridiculous. Ooh, and like at the one part when the dad comes in and he's like, <laughs> she's like, "What do you did you do?" And she's like, "I got my makeup done, but it got off, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I sold tomatoes." <laughs> so yeah, I, we <laughs> made we made twenty three dollars together. <laughs> <laughs> she was so, so cute. cute. I'm oh. so happy when she saw her daddy and was like, 
here's all the fun things I did, daddy. And it was just such a very, like, like kids are like that. Like when you go pick them up from his house and they're like, here's all the fun things I did. It was, yeah, that was a great scene. She was great. She was very cute. I liked how they showed how the crew interacted before that character showed up and then mm-hmm. after that character showed up. But again, I didn't feel like it was too heavy handed, really. No. How they like slowly changed how they would interact with each, yeah. each other and mm-hmm. the girl character. Mm-hmm. But because it wasn't like we're all hard asses and rah, rah, rah. I mean, yeah, they would fight and stuff. But I don't know. It felt, it felt, it very, felt natural. very family-esque. And then you could also tell, like, there was one scene, I like when they do subtle things that sort of tell you more about the history of the characters than actually just telling you the history of the characters. So for example, the scene where a cop comes to their house and then like without even saying anything, they manage to like con the cop by like, you know, putting money in his hand and being like, oh, we caught you on tape trying to take a bribe. That, mm, that, I hear that's yeah. frown fun, and then he's like, "I did not take a br- what?" <laughs> so it's like you know, all all of them rubbing their little two brain cells together. You can tell <laughs> that like they work on shenanigans together all the at time. other times because that's not just something that you can independently come up with. They don't have a psychic link with each other, right? And the fact that the little girl slid right in that, like in the scene, like she just she hides and she does stuff and she you know sneaks around corners and she's like am I doing good like yeah and they're like and they're all like (laughs) yeah you know but like it's perfect like she just fell right into that and there was no like mystical like she's also a psychic so she knew what she should do like no she's she's not fit with them and it was it, it just was was a really good scene for telling you that that she just fit with this little family yeah, she's she's Absolutely. not River from Firefly, you know. Yeah. She doesn't. No. <laughs> she sort of serves that same purpose in a sense, yeah. thematically. But it's not the but same she's not character. That character. Yeah. <laughs> she does have power. She does not. Like you know, <laughs> she does not go around kicking a lot of ass all of a sudden out of nowhere. There's, Though that would that have that been really cool. <laughs> that, but I feel like that would have just that would have made the movie less good somehow because like the reason she has nanobots is to keep her alive and then all the other things the nanobots do are just sort of like side effects of like the nanobots curing her genetic illness and so it's just like the nanobots work to protect themselves and by extension her since they live in her and so they interact with the world that way but it's not like her having special powers it's the nanobots <laughs> oh the nanobots i did think at the very very end when the um when the robot gets there gets their skin and it a, a young woman's skin i did think in that scene i thought maybe we had done a big time jump in that i did too for just a moment like 10 and years then... later and then the voice comes out and you're like oh it's the robot yeah, that's nice. I, I also, I also had that. I also had that same that same thought. I was like, "Oh, is she like a teenager now?" And then, like, his voice came out. I was like, "Oh, okay. Oh, they brought that back. Good job. They brought it back." And it's like, and he finally got a pair of sneakers. Ten <laughs> pairs. Ten, Ten pairs, pairs of sneakers. <laughs> that's right. 
that he doesn't have to put together with super glue. Because like when the ship first comes in at the beginning and Song Ki's character is like he's the pilot and stuff, and he's sitting there with like no shoes on and like his toes sticking out through his nasty old socks, and you're like, Wah. but now he's got nice sneakers because they, you know, saved the world. So they get. And like to be honest, if if you save the world, the least you should yeah. be able to get is ten pairs of sneakers. Am I right? <laughs> right. I really enjoyed it. I would say it's not like the deepest of movies necessarily, yeah. but I thought the themes were it's good like, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some movies are meant to be like deep, dramatic introspections, and some movies are meant to be fun and fun to watch and, you know, a little bit silly. And this was a fun movie. I did still find that it for me, it was quite an emotional movie. Like, I actually cried at one point. I was like, it, I was feeling the emotions. I felt very wrung out at the end of it because it was quite a roller coaster of like, will they won't they or who's going to survive who's not going to and and stuff like I felt very emotionally invested in their story um I think you know we've compared it a couple of times to Wandering Earth to me there's more story there than there was in Wandering Earth like mm, for sure um but and I felt the characters were better fleshed out in mm-hmm. this as versus the Wandering Earth but the Wandering Earth wasn't really like a character piece as it were Whereas this yeah. one's like a character piece, but also some fun shoot 'em ups in space, you know? Like, yeah. you get there, you get them both. There was that one scene, like, it's hard not to make um, like Firefly connections and, and stuff to it. Like, it, it did have some very, to me, some very similarities there. Um, but like, there was the one scene where like all the bad ships and all the good ships are like going at each other. And I was like, I've seen this scene before. I'm pretty sure this is like exactly the scene from Serenity, just with different ships involved. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a good scene. scene. It's a good scene. It works. So, like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's so, like the end of most Star Wars movies, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Every, like everything yes. builds off of everything else. So it's it's hey, that it, they have tropes in here. Don't, don't yeah. think that like this was yeah. <laughs> above not they, doing they didn't take they all didn't the tropes think... and throw them out the window. Yeah. Like, no. This this sort of film has to rely on those sorts of tropes <laughs> to sell itself. So but they work very nicely with it. So it's not like you're like, oh God, not this again. You're just like, okay, this again. Cool, 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 cool. So like let's say if someone Okay, so Firefly and Serenity, I would say that they are darker than this movie. This movie, yes, yeah, does not show blood. <laughs> yeah, it's not as gory. No, it's still no. pretty intense. Like I would still probably Firefly Serenity scale. I'd push it a little closer to Serenity than Firefly, maybe like on an intensity level, but not on a gore level. If that yeah. makes you know, like. Um, I was, I watched it before I would watch it with my kids. It's listed on Netflix as TV mature, but I would say that's mostly for language, language. and a little yeah, bit there, intensity, there's a lot like, of-, of, you know, there's an intensity to some of the situations that maybe isn't good for younger kids, but like my nine-year-old has watched most of the MCU and Star Wars, and yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with him watching this other than like 
the swearing maybe, but like most of the big swearing happens in that first like 10 minutes. And then it's doesn't really show up a whole lot after that. So like, yeah. And most of the violence is sort of, of that, like, sci-fi you know, violence sci-fi violence it's not there's like one stabbing but you don't need the stabbing you just see you know it's happening but you don't like you don't watch yeah. the knife going into the flesh or there's no blood there's like yeah so it'll be like they'll show the gun shooting but they won't show the person getting shot type situation. yeah right well and that's that's why i was trying to compare it to because yeah. for me, like, I love Firefly and Serenity, mm-hmm. but there are definitely episodes of Firefly with yeah. the Reavers that are very, yeah. 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 more more on the gory scale and more on the terror scale, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, though, though there is risk and threat and yeah. death, the bloodless death, yeah, you don't see that, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. different. I'm saying it's softer than... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, 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 I agree, I agree. Yeah, I think also, um, it's actually really not that action-packed no it, it takes a really long time to get and to any sort of real action to the point like to a normal this kind of movie yeah, so not- i could see a, a like a person who likes action not being super into this movie like mm-hmm. i i can see that getting bored in the middle it yeah because like i mean like a lot of it's just like low risk stuff and it takes a really long time before it becomes anything like an action film Mm -hmm. right not in a bad way no but i'm just saying if 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 that's the type of what you're wanting to get into that's what you're like no that like if like if you had a choice and you had to choose between two maybe something else would be better for you and yeah you know right. that sort of thing but gonna have to wait it's on netflix so it doesn't watch. really matter it's not like <laughs> right yeah. we're yeah. Like telling you not low. to like pay the 20 bucks for a movie ticket but right. you know, yeah just as like a, an awareness thing or if like you were coming into it not wanting a lot of action it actually might be a really good option for mm. some yeah, people if you, if you can only handle like 10 minutes of stuff like that there you be <laughs> yeah i mean it's not you know sometimes with an action movie especially these days they do a lot of that like shaky cam and and hand cam work and it gets hard to watch and you're feeling seasick there's not a ton of that like it's a little bit like that that very first scene with the the ship you're like what am i looking at right now where am i going here what should i be you know but that settles down pretty fast and then it's maybe a little bit like that at the end again when again you're having spaceship battles and stuff is weird but like in general it was a very easy movie to watch mm-hmm. like eyeball wise i wasn't seasick i wasn't you know yeah and don't go in expecting any level of romance whatsoever none. None. Zero, zero romance because some people think k-drama is equivalent to romance which of course is wrong and definitely yeah movie is an example of he doesn't I mean, even get his kid romantically like, there wasn't, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, like there's several children in this and like none of them have like none of them have two parent like there's not even that level of romance like it's a lot of single dads and single mom stories going on here and there's like apparently children all just you know 
come up from the ground like potatoes or something. Don't worry but, like, about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry it's all about good. it. The kid exists. That's, that's all you need to know. That's not the story here. The story is the kid, not yeah. how the kid came. How the kid be. came to be. I mean, I guess you could say there's like a smidge, or like a hair's breadth of like romance quotation marks from the French character. Oh, <laughs> no, that's that's more one sided, like, one sided French stereotype at this point. <laughs> pretty like good. It's pretty super. Cute. It works. It worked for the story. You could see that maybe in a sequel they might actually push that happens somehow but like not really like it's not about might that. be begrudging it's on her yeah <laughs> very begrudging where it's like you can kind of tell that he's a mistake that she cannot <laughs> get rid of at this point but then but then he also pulled through and like helped with yeah, everything yeah. at the end so it's not like she could totally yeah say you it. Suck it just be like oh <laughs> like, I guess we can be friends i suppose (laughs) Uh, no i mean like he was another character that while he was a bit of that french lover stereotype feel two-dimensional like he felt like a real character his accent wasn't bad he wasn't you know he just felt like a french guy he didn't feel like a, a weird french stereotype so that was nice I really, I really enjoyed the international, yeah, a lot of it. Even because it wasn't just here's a few Asian countries and then let's throw in a European and a yeah. American. No, it, it was, was literally like, there was there was a Brazilian ship, there were African ships, like there was there, everyone was represented. Got them all. What I what I thought was like, I really enjoyed. So you when you're sometimes when you're watching less good versions of this. The, like the sort of Hail Mary where everyone needs to work together. It's like a, a very like studied call out where they're like desperately calling. But in this, they just forgot to turn off their emergency transmitter. So it was almost by, which really fit with the characters that it was almost by accident that everyone hears what's going on. And I really, I enjoyed that as sort of like, I was like, oh, that's, you know what? Okay, I see you. I see you, screenwriter slash director, because it was written by the director. Okay, okay. Which I was I was reading up on it, and apparently he got the idea for this like years ago when his friend was talking about an article he read about space debris. And he was like, wouldn't it be interesting mm-hmm. to have a story about people whose jobs it is to clean up space debris? <laughs> I think it would have been actually really funny if he did a movie that was not action-packed whatsoever. And it was just like was a slice like, of life. Yes. <laughs> drama about yeah. dude just, a, just a really like just really dry road. Missing like, in space. Like, <laughs> it's, just, yeah. I mean, it's just like that. that's how advanced we become. It's not some like urgency. Because I will say that like that's that's actually the most tiring about all of these is that it's always because the earth is dying and they have to move somewhere else or the earth has died and that's why they're somewhere else like there's never a time when you can get just a space drama just be just chilling just Uh happens to be in space you know like like, (laughs) that doesn't define it it. (laughs) 
the the vibe of this movie like when i started watching it immediately i have a very embarrassing one of my favorite movies is the movie titan ae mm-hmm. i don't know if you know of this film anyone listening yeah. um it's a cartoon film an animated feature starring matt damon uh the earth has has been bloated up by evil aliens and he works as basically the same job that these guys are doing but there's like aliens and stuff but it had like that sort of same like grungy vibe to it now so like the first within like the first 10 minutes i was like oh okay (laughs) this all right all right all right i got i see you i see you uh so yeah, but no aliens. Titan AE was all aliens, barely any humans. Uh, this, this is all humans. This kind of reminded me, especially with the little space elevator kind of thing, it reminded me a bit of the um, the Total Recall remake too, like mm. with the like dark, grungy bleh, earth. And then, I mean, and also a little bit of the original Total Recall with the whole concept of a Mars colony and stuff. So it's, in some ways it's nothing new, but like, the way they put it all together is fresh and fun. I enjoyed it. Two thumbs yeah, up I, for me. I think it's a great movie to have people that don't watch Korean entertainment watch. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. If, if you're a sci-fi fan, if you are obviously if you're listening to us, you're, a, you're an Asian drama or whatever fan, but if you're, you know, you know, married to in a family with whatever people who are not this is probably a really good crossover opportunity for you because yeah. they will I did like I it. did tell my friends to watch it so my non my non-Asian drama watching group chat I was like hey y'all I just watched this I just watched this movie on Netflix <laughs> I think you'd enjoy it I think no it's gonna get a lot of traction movie. it definitely mm. went into screeners on a lot on film people that are not yeah. Asian mm-hmm. entertainment based. So mm, I think good. it's going to get a lot. I just looked it up because I was like wondering if the, it kind of seemed to me and I'm, I'm going to, I'm making an assumption. I haven't actually read into this mm-hmm. that uh, there wasn't a lot of action because the budget might've been low and yeah, yeah that uh, it looks to be that way. It was a 21 million, which is less than sweet home got. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and comparatively, I just looked up Wandering Earth to see their budget. It was fifty million. So I think maybe that's why. But they use their budget very well. No, like, no, yeah. and, and that's not a, like a, a, like a trash or anything in that. And no, like, no, 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 no. also, that doesn't actually. That's not actually good enough basis for it not having action because it could have just not had action per what the writer wanted. You know, too. Yeah. Like that's. Right. Yeah. not a thing i just i was curious like, to see no, what the actual budget was it's the- kind of impressive in a sense because to me i was like this is a really good movie it's the action was good the everything about it felt good and and big budget to me mm-hmm. and to find out they did it on such a small budget i'm like what if they waste all that helps. budget money with it actually um, like the mcu like i don't because i didn't feel like yeah like i don't know it, you know what? It actually makes sense to me that there wasn't a lot of action because I just looked it up just to double check. And so the director also wrote it and he was also 
not only did direct Werewolf Boy, but also wrote Werewolf Boy, which is another movie that the synopsis of with you would think had a lot of action, but has very little action and is focused more on the characters and how they affect each other rather than, you know, big mm-hmm. action-packed stuff. So that actually does make sense to me. Yeah, and that I think also would have written this. This movie is supposed to be Korea's start to try to get into the sci-fi game, which is not a mm-hmm. thing in there. So like it would make sense in a term of like Korean audiences. This is not what the Korean mm-hmm. audience are going for. So you wouldn't want to spend mm-hmm. that much money anyways. Yeah. yeah. But like literally they had <laughs> the the movie should have come out on theaters like on a normal time so like it's actually good that it wasn't a big blockbuster and had to force like to get you know bought by bought by netflix and not see that income from the movie theater so Mm -hmm. because then that actually just like helps because that gives it a, a wider global reach which means like more well, and it, it, it gives well it a a bigger reach but it doesn't mean that they're going to get more money yeah no, they would have gotten more get... money on theaters which is what yeah. i'm saying if they didn't spend that much money they didn't yeah. lose that much money the, having to lose money to go on netflix but in terms of like breaking in breaking into like the sci-fi genre it's almost good that it's on netflix to have a bigger global reach so if more people are interested in like more korean sci-fi films then there's you know there's if there's like a, yeah. if this movie gets a lot of views, then I don't you think know, that was his actual intention, though. No, I, I no, it definitely wasn't. It's but, for Korean audiences, sci-fi. Yeah. So I don't want to like take that away from him. Like, no, oh, no, well, no, now no. we get to internationally. No, 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 no. But I, I feel like in in order, if this does well on Netflix, which I think it probably will, because this is the sort of movie that people like to watch, you know, and we're all supposed to be at home. So I feel like it'll open up more opportunities for like uh, a more of a variety of stories to come from, you know, Korean writers and Korean directors and filmmakers and things. So that's always exciting. But I think as Jesse was kind of saying, or I kind of think that if it had stayed uh, domestic box Mm -hmm. office, had, had the world stayed that way, it could have hopefully not flopped, but mm. income wise, if they hadn't made, you know, quote unquote enough or impressive yeah. numbers, mm-hmm. then it would be hard to get more, more yeah. sci-fi Korean entertainment out and there. I so. think also it's greatest competition would be China and not the rest of the world. So the rest mm-hmm. of the world really wasn't its intention. It has it because it does have like American mm-hmm. actors and stuff in it, but like, it's definitely tension wasn't to be like, ah, oh, we're gonna Korea's gonna be the one with the sci-fi for international. Yeah, because if it I it definitely if the intention had been this is gonna be a big blockbuster around the world kind of scenario, more than just Richard on Armitage <laughs> would have been Yeah, it would have been just Richard Armitage, you, you know, know? <laughs> like you you would have recognized more actors. Mm-hmm. Like there would have been you know yeah you wouldn't recognize them from k-dramas that you had been watching (laughs) yeah so yeah just like really curious like 
how did they get Richard Armitage onto this project? Like, I want to know. I want to yeah, be like, I want to see who, that interview. Who, who called up Richard Armitage and was like, hey, 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 have we got an opportunity for you, a mid-budget Korean science fiction <laughs> film? Uh, you're fresh off the Hobbit, looking for a new vibe. We got you, fam. What I found very humorous about this is the fact that Richard Armitage is in my drama list space. which makes it look like he's not been in many things but it's like oh no <laughs> yeah he's just Hop over to his i am his imdb yeah, yeah. and you will see plenty <laughs> he's, he's not that like like lame white actor he's like famous like a, big na- a big name dude no you yeah. know what no, maybe i'm reading this all wrong maybe they didn't approach him maybe he approached them he was like listen i'm really into korean cinema i would love an opportunity to be the white guy in your korean film um you know like just mm, hey i've been i've been watching a lot of k-dramas and i yeah. know i can act better than most of those white guys you got to English <laughs> in there so like Hey, give me a shot. As long as you give me really creepy veins, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> they did really well with his character. He's he's a yeah. great actor. I mean, but yeah. even the makeup and all that stuff yeah. that they did on him was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I kept on waiting for him to like turn into an alien or something. Just with all yeah. that, I was like. Is he just gonna molt his body and just become <laughs> I was like, something? I was, like, okay. I was like, okay, when does he like suddenly like all of his youth like ages out? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, but no, the nanobots. <laughs> the nanobots. I thought, honestly, in a sci-fi space movie, the most unrealistic thing to me in this movie, the, the only time when I was like, really, 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 was the fact that all the wealthy, rich people on their, you know, little biosphere land were all absolutely horrified to hear that Earth was going to be destroyed and that the poor people were going to die. They were horrified and like, good, good. But like, I did not believe that for a second. (laughs) I have the evidence to prove that that is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That it's not how it actually happened. You you can tell. You can tell when it was written before 2020. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like completely didn't age well. Like, the average member of the 1% would put on special spiked heels to trample. You know? Like, they were no. all like, not no. our Elon Bezos. No. And you were like, come on now. Now, yes, what, yes, what I actually, what I wondered if I missed or something was... You know how they released that news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How? Yeah, that's like true. That, there was a little bit of jump there that I was like, they should have at least shown somebody, somebody you know, sending that off. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, because, or, like cause, hey, cause I'm going to like put, patch it through. Yeah, because they only sent it on the emergency channel for the other sweepers. Like it wasn't internationally broadcast. Like it, it made it seem like the reporters constantly monitor the space sweeper channel which there is no way way. that would be like you know a reporter monitoring like a janitor's walkie talkie like no they wouldn't be doing i think that the news was released i was like oh this space factory is gonna explode sorry guys but like oh because yeah yeah but he had kind of set that up right like to be like 
oh, there's been like terrorism and there's a bomb. Yeah. So like maybe that was kind of the concept. And so he was, he was, was like, that- it was the Black Foxes. They're the ones who set this bomb that's going to destroy the Earth. Sorry, Earth. See ya. Bye. We're going to enjoy Mars. Ciao. Have a good time. Dying. Peace. So yeah. maybe that was just it. They already had their eyes from, but you're right. Like there should have been some well, kind was, of like. It was pretty much like someone had the entire recording from him and released yeah. it. And I was like, I feel like I missed where that happened. But <laughs> it's like, okay. all right, which, which enterprising space janitor? <laughs> I better hit record on this. It was the French guy. It was the French guy. We all know it. The French guy was just recording because he just loved hearing her voice. He needed to listen to her because uh, he's not creepy at all. No, I just found no. an article. Um, okay. It's I, it's on a site called Polygon. I don't know if it's one of those like was mm-hmm. just bought by a bunch of places, so it could be on other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Campbell Campbell. It's spelled differently, um, but I just wanted to read you the like <laughs> headline and the little quote. It has uh, Netflix's Space Sweepers is a live action riff on Cowboy Bebop. No, and no, I don't think not. that is, but it's just no, like that, South that Korea's first space blockbuster is an action-packed, jazzy found family story. I didn't actually like I just skimmed this I'm over one, like right now because I just found it, and it does like try to really actually pair it with Cowboy Bebop. It's not so, just a random okay. thing, but it doesn't so seem am... to be Cowboy Bebop. I just found it funny because no, I was I, trying I, to I'm... find why Richard Arbiters is in this movie and I can't right. find it. Right, like, because it would be nice if he did say, ooh, blah, 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 this is why I got interested in it or offered it. What was the first The first review that I saw of it was like a super, super, duper racist one that was like, this oh, yeah. Japanese film, yeah, not Japanese. Oh, Orlando it, Sentinel. Like, yeah, and then it made like a comment about how it's a good thing that the little girl android is only seven because if she was any older, you know what Japanese people would do with that. And I was like, okay, you need to stop. Like, and <laughs> trash you know, bag. like never mind that. That's there's not even a hint of that. Like at least you know, like in Total Recall, there's the like three boobs like process ah, there's, there's not sex robots or anything even hinted no. at in this like there's no reason to make racist commentary like that um, stop it stop it no. just watch the movie and enjoy it don't be jerks Listen, some people just can't help themselves they just they see someone who's not white and immediately just go race it right right i must be racist I have to be racist right now. And you're just like, <laughs> I can't stop my fingers. I gotta do it. Gotta it's like, it down. I, just, I, I just, I just need to say something racist for no fucking reason. And you're just like, like, uh, I wonder if it's still there. It's funny when you're like, I'm just scrolling through, you know, you search and you just scroll through all these different reviews. And it's like this big budget Korean sci-fi. And you're like, it's not a big budget. What are you talking about? Like, you're like in terms of it. like, like a single episode of friends had a bigger budget than this movie stop it (laughs) example uh adventure adventures endgame um their budget was 400 million dollars you you have to remember uh, uh, the thing i'm gonna say about this is yeah you have to pay that the actors all of those big yeah. names yeah that show up yeah. even for two seconds you have to pay all of those people which 
Sanjuki is a pretty big name in Korea, like a, but an like insane amount of percentage of your budget. Yeah. yeah. He's not a he's not a twenty million dollar a movie big name. Like that's no. not not the level that's like that's not really heard of in you know Korean cinema. Like their actors are not paid the same as you know North American actors. I'm trying to like find one. But they should like, be dag dabbit. Like this is so great. They're like this whole article is basically just a review of the movie, and then they're like, "So if they do make a Space Sweepers two, it could be there by 2023." So they so, like, just pulled that out of they just pulled that out of their butts. Like <laughs> if it does well, Netflix will probably greenlight a sequel, and it'll probably be in your screens by 2023. I found we it. have no evidence to support this whatsoever. Of course, because it's Screen Rant, so. <laughs> it wasn't Orlando Sentinel, it was Orlando Weekly, but they've really since weird. changed it and have an editor's note. Oh, editor's no. note. An early version of the story identified the movie Space Sweepers as Japanese, which was really dumb mistake on our part. We truly regret the error and offer our apologies. The capsule has been corrected with an apology from the writer below, but we both take full responsibility. Uh, yeah, okay, it wasn't the fact that you called it Japanese. That's not what we're actually upset about. It was the racist shit after that. Okay. Like, you know, if you just, like, stared at it quickly, like, yeah, maybe you think it's Japanese when it's actually Korean. Okay, sure. It was, that wasn't the main problem. Here okay. it is. Note. A previous version of this column misidentified the, the film as Japanese in origin, and in the context of a joke that managed to offend readers of several ethnicities, we apologize profusely for the error and the injury. Mm-hmm. We're, sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry that our joke offended you. Yeah. We're sorry that our racist joke was And I, I'll, like, show... Maybe I'll show you. Hold on. There it is. So this is what the uh, um, actual synopsis was for this like originally before the the edit is like so, uh remember quark the 1970s comedy series about an interstellar garbage scow well apparently the japanese do too because they've gifted us with a flick that's likewise about a team of deep space salvage experts in this that's story wrong. our heroes <laughs> discover a sought after girl rob robot out there among the wreckage and thank god she's only seven years old because you know what the japanese would ordinarily do with a concept like that no actually i don't why don't you well, tell me why don't you explain steve to me? schneider yeah but okay I wanna, I the amount of times that they say it's a japanese movie and they didn't bother to go look uh, yeah no because it was also in the title too it was like because it's yeah. a the whole article is like a little like snippet of each of the movies mm-hmm. that are coming out for the week or for the month or whatever yeah so like it had the title was kind of generic because it was trying to you know encapsulate everything that they were talking about but like it did say japanese sci-fi flick mm-hmm. also there's a, a few a few issues with their uh thing one they're not in deep space um <laughs> i mean like i'll give like it, it like that yeah, like it's like whatever it. because it's like definitely not like supposed to be like it it, it wasn't on, on like a we got a screener for it vibe yeah. it was more of a like this is what <laughs> on my the limited amount of like, like yeah mm, yeah but it still doesn't excuse the racist ass hat no no i also need to point out okay in terms of the budget i found a good a good movie to like 
be like, okay, if you thought 21 million was big budget, do you remember a little uh, film called G-Force about guinea pigs that were superheroes? Sure, sure. The budget for oh, that Oh, there'd be a movie, lot of CG. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, but there's a lot of CG in this one too. The budget for that one was $150 million. So... Like I was saying earlier, I think that actors yeah. still needed to be paid more yeah. i think that a lot of people needed to be paid more for this movie <laughs> probably i feel like this is the sort of thing where people agreed to be in it because they liked the director and they were like all right all right we'll be in your movie now it was a fun movie i really enjoyed it uh i think it's worth a watch two thumbs up for me i really like two it. thumbs up for me too i really enjoyed it i was like this it wasn't great. my favorite but it wasn't terrible it was mm. fine it's like the sort of movie that I really enjoy watching and that I grew up really enjoying watching. So it's there's like a there's a bizarre sense of like when you're watching it, like it's sort of like for me anyway, like nostalgic of the stuff that I used to love and still do love, I guess. I never really grew out of any of the things mm-hmm. that I love. So yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. Man, even the like Richard Armitage like fan site doesn't have any information about how or why he maybe they're like there. and, didn't, and didn't realize it was Richard Armitage information about it and like how I guess in the like um the press release stuff mm. he was like I wish I could be with you guys but obviously I can't and yeah. like I hope I get to go to Korea again someday because it's great but that's yeah. basically it like they don't have any like but how and why? Like, I just, I just, like, I just, I need that story. I want to know the process of how they got the Hobbit's Richard Armitage to come make this movie. I want to know. I, I, will, I will say, so on my treadmill, there's little trainer videos and there's a series of two of the guys that were in the Hobbit, two of the mm. dwarf actors. Yeah. And so they tell all their stories about training and filming and Richard Armitage and all this stuff and so they've talked a lot about like how how nice of a guy he is mm-hmm. so it's, it's good to and know I feel that. like I feel like it, you you have to be a nice guy to play a villain like this because I feel like only nice people like villains don't realize they're villains so douchey people I feel have a harder time because they don't realize that they're douchey you know what I mean <laughs> sure think, anyway <laughs> Here I am. I have absolutely no scientific proof for this, but like, you know, in all the actors I've ever met and the, you could always tell if someone was playing like a bad person, if they were a douche, they just, they weren't as good. Like they just, so it's just like, it's all conjecture on my part. I just, I personally believe this, that douches don't know they're douches. So if they're really douchey actors... Anyway, I do want to know the story of how they got Richard Armitage cast in this movie. Well, I, I mean, he know. has a Twitter. Maybe we should just ask him. <laughs> like, hey, because I'm sure what? that was fine. Hey, like, hey, he hey, quickly listens to our podcast. I'm, I'm well, just saying. I will say, if you type it out, it sounds like a rude question, which, of course, we wouldn't be meaning it. No, no. No. We, we, I'm, we I'm just like, saying, when it's written, it sounds like a weird question. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, why I mean, did you end a- up? Ask him how, like, you ended up uh, for auditioning for this role. Did you know the director from previous yeah. works? Were, were, did they reach out to you? Did like, you know, what? what did just did just someone slide a Are script you trying in front to break of your into agent? Korea? I don't like, know. 
really we need to know is this your stepping stone into more korean movies he's got a few tweets about it let's see he Mm. tweeted about it uh he tweeted get popcorn emoji get chocolate bar emoji get beer emoji get (laughs) robot emoji get a spaceship emoji and then i just retweeted the netflix (laughs) (laughs) and then he's like uh and then Netflix like responded to him. They were like, "Tell the people, Richard." And he he responded. <laughs> he responded with, "Oh my he god!" He responded with the like the scene where he's like like giant Jesus talking. <laughs> to the the gi- he's the like, giant, like, "I demand it." <laughs> I demand it. Uh, I'm like tempted. I'm tempted to tweet him and be like, "Hey, bro." Hey, dude. Question. He seems like he had fun, and he. It seems like an amusing human being. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I just—it's literally just my own curiosity. I want to know mm-hmm. how. Like, what was the process that led to this casting? Because fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. And sometimes, and sometimes you kind of wonder because there are friendships across like the korean entertainment and the hollywood entertainment and the british like there's you know there's there's friends amongst that it's Mm -hmm. like did you meet someone at a film festival somewhere and then like they reached out was like hey i'm casting this movie and they need a white dude i thought of you rich come on come on to korea like you know i need to know so you know if you ignored all our previous suggestions now go watch it you know yeah, now that you've reached the end go watch it now that you, you know, know like spoil things. everything so like hey no, go enjoy yourself know. anyway thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to another episode of the certified nunas if you want to support this podcast you can go to ko-fn.com slash certified nunas to become an official member of the certified found family and we love all of our fan family over there they're just the best they keep the lights on uh and we really appreciate hearing from everyone so if you want to reach out to us but you don't have money that's cool you can reach out to us on coffee if you're there but if you're not we're always on twitter we're on instagram and you can of course always go to our website certifiednunas.com which has links to everything that we talk about in the podcast as well as the podcast episodes that you can watch which are also on spotify apple itunes google play you know the drill they're everywhere where podcasts can be found that's where we can be found so thank you for taking the time to listen we hope that you have a fantastic week and stay safe wear a mask wash your hands and keep listening and enjoying asian entertainment bye Bye. Bye.